The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. That guy is correct. It is 7.06 and time for the Employment Law Show, the Monday night edition. We are live and set and ready to go, so let's get it happening. Phone calls, 416-870-6400. Andrew Goldberg is the guy in the uh, the hot seat tonight taking your questions and answers, 416-870-6400. you want to email a question, you can do that too. We'll try to get some of those. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website you can use anytime, absolutely free and anonymous. All the time, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. Sam Firu Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in this country. You can check it out. That is a truth. A truth indeed. Uh, Mr. Goldberg, how are you, pal? I'm well. I'm well. How are you doing, John? I'm okay, man. Shoveling's done. Looking towards warmer days in the next couple. So uh, let's stay inside and do some... uh, do some employment law radio. What do you got for the other week that was before we turn it over to everything you need to know about working notice of termination? That is a good topic, uh, but your phone calls are coming up. So, Andrew, take it away, pal. Yeah. So, you know, as you know, and as hopefully the listeners know by now, when doing these weeks at a glance, I've tried to keep it on point with respect to kind of what's going on in the pandemic and things that I see on a regular basis that affects, you know, as many people as possible because. You know, ideally, that's how we can help the most people as possible. So the thing what I want to talk about now and tonight is a situation where, you know, one one topic we talk about on the show all the time is constructive dismissal. Right. And for the listeners who have heard the show before, a constructive dismissal is a situation where essentially your employer is making changes to your job. And because of the nature of those changes, you can treat it as a termination and pursue a severance. So what do I mean by this? If the employer cuts your hours, cuts your pay, you know, gives you a demotion in duties, changes your duties, oftentimes you have the right to say, well, forget this. I never agreed to any of this stuff. So I'm out of here and I'm going to go get my severance. Um, so something interesting that I actually see often is a situation where you have a salesperson and that salesperson comes to me and says, look, Andrew, my job is, you know, 50%, 60%, 70% commission based. And because of the pandemic and the nature of the business that this person's in, there's been a decreased demand for whatever product or service it is that they're selling. And they come to me and they say, look, I'm earning remarkably less than I used to and, you know, maybe less than half. And can I treat this as a constructive dismissal? Because I don't make anywhere close to as much money as I did before. And, and and it's sad because it's a very crappy situation to be in for people out there. And there's some industries that are obviously decimated by the pandemic. But the reality is if, if, you're, if your sales are down and therefore your commissions are down strictly because demand is down due to the pandemic, then no, you cannot treat that as a constructive dismissal and you cannot pursue a severance. It would only be in situations where the employer did something to reduce your earnings. So if your employer 
changed your commission structure so that you'd earn less, or if you used to earn 50% base and 50% commission and they move you to 100% commission knowing you're going to earn less, that could certainly be a problem. But if it's simply a matter of, you know, your compensation structure is the same, people just aren't buying the product or service, you're kind of out of luck in that situation. And, and that's just, you know, a sad reality that uh, something I, I, I kind of have to deal with all the time and explain to people. And it's, it's never fun news to give, but I just want people to keep in mind when it comes to these constructive dismissals, the key is, did your employer you know, cause the change that uh, led to the reduction. You know, when it comes to, uh, you know, salespeople being let go based on the fact that it could be partly or all commission, um, how do you calculate the severance for them? Because that that can be ebb and flow as far as how much they're making month to month. That and what else would be included uh, for, for the average salesperson when it comes to a package? Well, it's an excellent point. So, you know, there's people that uh, their commissions – depending on how long they've worked somewhere, obviously, but but typically how this would be assessed is you to look at uh, the past, often three years, two or three years of service and say, what kind of earnings did this person have in those two or three years? And then you would average those out and you would say, well, over the severance period, be it six months, 12 months, 18 months, this person should get you know pay equivalent to what they had earned based on the average of it over the last few years. Right. But interestingly enough, if you can show that there's actually been an increase in commission, so say three years ago you were in fifty thousand in commission, and then two years ago you're in seventy-five, and then last year you earned a hundred, a great argument can be made that you don't have to use an average at all because you've shown a trajectory to keep increasing. You know, basing it on the last year of commissions being your highest year could very well be warranted. Um, or you can, in fact, continue the trajectory and say, well, I would have hit 125. I've grown 25,000 every year. Why wouldn't I have done that this year, oh, wow. right? Yeah. So so there's different arguments. Like the, the inverse is true, too. If you go down every year in your commissions, uh, the employer would arguably have a strong argument to say, oh, no, it should be based on your lowest year, right? Yeah. Would it also include stuff that, that, that surrounded your job, like if you had you know certain um... – you know, they gave you a monthly stipend to cover whatever expenses or, or a car allowance or, or or they gave you a car. I mean, would that have to be continued throughout the uh, the length of the severance period? Yeah, absolutely. So if you had any kind of, you know, perk, so to say, uh, you know, whether it be a car allowance or sometimes people just get a company car or a gas allowance, um, what have you, uh, then absolutely uh, anything that forms part of your compensation package would uh, arguably um, form your entitlements as part of your severance package. The only thing that may or may not may not is something that was you know solely dedicated to work, right? If it's not something that you enjoyed personally at all, but it was just strictly a work-related thing, you know, like you had a monitor you used at work at the office or a computer at work at the office that you never took home and never used, then arguably no. But if you took home a laptop and used it all the time and used it every day, or they paid your cell phone bill. Um, for a cell phone that you also use personally, then of course the, those entitlements should continue on um, in addition to your commissions or base salary or whatever it is with respect to your pay. 416-870-6400 is the way to call through. Steve, thanks for standing by for a moment. Good evening. How are you? Bye-bye. How are you guys? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind? You know what? Uh, during the pandemic, our business was booming. And we were on commission. And because of that, our employer dropped our commission. Is that doable? 
So when you say your employer dropped your commission, your your commission rate? Yes. So you'd earn X percentage off profit or revenue and that rate dropped down? That's correct, sir. And how long was that rate in, in effect? Uh, it's still going on now. No, no, I mean like the old rate, the good rate. Uh, years. And oh, yes. And how much money have you lost, do you think, because of that? Uh, an average of about 1000 a month. And you earned approximately how much per year, you'd say? Let's say about 80. So 12,000 you've lost out of 80. I think, uh, I think there's a, definitely an argument to be made that that was absolutely not acceptable at all. And that uh, is exactly what we were talking about. I'm sure you've heard uh, you heard what yeah. we were discussing and called in. I mean, you know, 12,000 on 80 is maybe around, just off the top of my head, maybe approximately 15% reduction. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a pretty significant amount, and you very well could you know raise the argument that um, you can treat that as a termination, as what's called a constructive dismissal, and pursue a severance. So again, that's something you need to decide on as an individual. I mean, if the rate's gone down, but business is still booming, such that you're earning more than you've ever earned, you have a secure job, you might want to go down that road. If you want, if you decide, you know, this is entirely unfair, and you're not. You're, you're not having it, you definitely, I would say, have a good claim here and, and you're welcome to give us a call and we'd certainly help you out, right, on with that. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate that. I'll give you a number to do. I want you to mull it over for a bit and decide what you want to do, if anything. That's one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Just, just even if even if Steve hadn't, was earning the same money, but the fact that he's doing more work to make that money because they dropped down the commission rate because they don't want these guys getting any richer, even if it hasn't made an effect on his pocketbook, isn't that still isn't that still a wrong way to go about things? Like it's almost like you've reached a ceiling. You will never, no matter how hard you work or how much business we get, you can't break the glass ceiling of what you're making now. We'll just drop down the commission rate. No, no, absolutely, I hundred percent agree. I mean, we're not comparing, um, you know, what he earned this year versus last year. We're comparing had his existing and agreed upon commission rate been in place during this year that they reduced it, what would he have earned and what is he now earning as a result? And then you're looking at that reduction to say, well, if, but for the employer's change that uh, I'm sure Steve did not agree to, uh, he would have earned X dollars more, right? So for sure, if uh, you're hundred percent correct, it's not necessarily at all about is your dollar amount staying the same or going down? It's it's based on what would you have earned? Obviously, if you're doing more work and doing a better job and you had terms in place that would have reflected that, it's certainly not fair all of a sudden that that's taken away from you. Yeah, it's like missed earnings. Like you said, it's like if not for the change in the job, what could you have earned? That's interesting. That's really interesting when you look at it from from uh, from those terms. It's a delta between what he's earning now and the 15% he should be earning Based on the same amount of work, it's really it's it's really an interesting thing to uh, to consider. Um, we got a, a minute or two before we break here. You know, what? maybe we'll just take a break. So I want to get into the topic at hand, and that is everything you need to know about working notice of termination. Should mention though, uh, right off the top, PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca, great website full of employment law information. Even before you call Andrew, you can go there, get some information, be better armed for the phone call and the lengthy conversation. Again, Pocket Employment Lawyer. .ca, but here and now, give us your phone calls just like Steve did. Open lines, lots of time, 416-870-6400, Monday Night Edition, Employment Law Show, Global News Radio.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. And welcome back to the Employment Law Show. The number, yeah, 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400 to reach out. Call with your employment law questions. No dumb questions, just answers, and plenty of time to do so. It's just 720, so you can uh, you can bring them on. Anything, you need, uh, me, everything you need to know about working notice of termination, want to get into uh, this topic, Andrew. And, uh, I mean, first question, the obvious obvious one, what is working notice of termination? Okay, so working notice of termination is pretty much everyone who uh, calls me and, and receives working notice of termination. It's their least favorite thing in the world. Um, and it sucks explaining to these people that this is something that uh, an employer can do. So what working notice of termination is, is a situation where your employer is giving you advance notice that your job will be terminated. Okay, so today's February 22nd, and the employer might say, or let me say they come to you tomorrow, February 23rd, and they say, you know, you're going to get let go effective May 23rd, uh, 2021. So you've been effectively given three months of notice that your job would be coming to an end. And that three months of notice actually counts toward your severance entitlements. And no one likes that because they're like, well, I'm working for my money. How is this severance? And it sucks. And uh, it, it's not something that's overly common because employers more often than not don't want people around that they've just let go. It's not really in their best interest to do that. So luckily, it's it's not the most common thing. Uh, where we see that more often than not is a situation where you know the employer knows uh, the employee will never take it personally. So say, for example... An employer shutting down one, you know, building or premises that it, that it has out of ten, and all the employees are being let go at that location. Uh, an employer in that situation might say, "Hey, guys, we're closing our doors in six months. This is to let you know you're all terminated in six months." In that case, that six months counts towards your severance entitlements, and people won't feel that bad about it because they know it's not a personal thing. So, outside of that, it's not something we see very often, but when it does happen, no one's excited about it. We'll continue on with that, but uh, phone calls in between, of course, top priority, 416-870-6400. John, thanks for standing by for a moment. Good evening. How are you? Not bad. How are you? Good. What's up? Okay. I hire a cook, and on my business, they have to bring a police report, and I've been asking, been asking, he never brought, so I was going to let him go by March the 1st was the the three-month period. Uh, he had surgery and a mild stroke and is not coming back for one year. Am I stuck with this guy? And can I let him go before the three months? So what's the status my my position? Well, you're in a bit of a tricky situation there because yeah. you, it, it's going to be very difficult to do that now because now that uh, your cook's had a stroke and he's on a medical leave of absence, if you uh, let that person go, 
uh, they're surely going to argue that it's uh, discriminatory that is because of the stroke. And I know and, you you might I've say him, I've been asking him in writing to bring me the police report, bring the police report. I'll bring it today. I'll bring it tomorrow. And then he got sick, and here I am without the police report. And uh, and I was planning to let him go if he didn't bring the police report because my business he must have that, and I'm just not sure what to do. Like you said, if I well, do it. I completely get it. Um, it's something he still might be able to provide to you, mind you. Uh, I mean, you, you don't want to rush it, you know, if he's recovering or whatever, I, I don't, I think, mm -hmm. he, and he's off work anyway right now. So I don't know how important of a concern it is at this time. But the issue here is if it's something that you've talked to him about countless times, yeah. Um, now that you, 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 you know, it's going to be tough now because you kind of missed the window, um, because now this has happened to him, right? So it's going to be very hard to show that it's because of only the police report when now that he's had the stroke, right? Like, I mean, if it's something you brought up a bunch of times, then you had an opportunity to let him go. If it was the probationary period, you could have let him go any of those times. But now that you've waited and this has happened, it would be extremely risky thing for you to do and very likely would be uh, you know construed as a discriminatory thing and, and you could have a lot of risk there at minimum so you just yeah. want to be very mindful of that um i mean obviously i don't have all the information so if if you want to kind of delve into the details uh you know we're here uh you know john will provide you the number and you know one of our many excellent lawyers here will will happily speak to you no problem i will i will call during the business hours and speak with one of your lawyers and see what for sure i mean if there's just one thing i could suggest is probably hold off on doing anything until you've had a chance to do that at minimum oh, yes definitely yes yes okay because okay. it's a there's definitely a lot of risk there it's a bit of a a tricky situation for sure John, appreciate the call, and I know he's going to call through, but uh, give you the number just in case, one 821 5900 John, that is to reach Andrew and a member of the team, one 821 5900 right there, and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Phone calls, 416-870-6400. In the meantime, talking about working notice. So what happens if the employee doesn't want to continue working? They feel I mean, they were given this working notice, but they're like, okay, everybody in the shop knows now. i got to hang around here for another six months, and everybody knows I'm a marked man. Well, what happens is uh, they either keep working, yeah. or if they don't, they'll actually be considered to have resigned uh, if, if nothing changes and if everything stays the same other than the working notice is just in effect and the, you know, you're counting down the days and you don't love the fact that you have to be there every day. Um, nothing if you left your job that that very well be considered a resignation so and you know something we'll talk about in a minute is obviously the working notice you're given isn't necessarily enough to account for your full severance entitlements right so if you leave part way through whatever working notice period you're provided uh you're gonna you know very likely forego your rights to get any more severance after um, so it's definitely not something you want to do, certainly without speaking to an employment lawyer first. If you think you have some valid reasons uh, that that can be canvassed, but otherwise uh, risky, just like John firing the cook with the stroke, the risky situations. Would you be able to, would you have a chance of negotiating with your employer saying, how about we, uh, how about we half this up? You give me three months using the six month example. How about you give me three months working notice and three months pay me off? Or do you have no negotiating power in that regard? 
You could. That's actually, it's a very excellent question. Um, it, it depends, right? It depends what your full severance entitlements are okay. versus what you've been given as working notice. So for example, if you've been given four months of working notice, but you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and see that you're owed 18 months, then at the end of the four months, you're owed 14 more, right? Right. If what you want is not to continue with the working notice, the best bet is to just kind of suck it up, work out the four months, leave, wait a little bit for a gap in time, and then go after your severance. Because if you do it while continuing to work over the working notice period, the employer might say, oh, okay, you want 18 months here, I'll, I'll tack on 12 more months of working notice. You Damn. keep working here, <laughs> right? So it, that's a strategy we, you know, we, we are very cognizant of all the time because if people want out of the working notice, as soon as you start negotiating well within that period, you risk the employer simply just extending it, which is probably not what you want. Well, this is uh, you know another reason before it gets this far and you get that termination letter, they call you and have you get in there and see if you can uh, do some negotiations in the proper way. 416-870-6400, the number to call through. It's a quiet night. we got open lines, so if you're going to ask a question, there is no dumb questions. Bring it on. Would love to talk to you. Does the employer have to pay additional severance at the end of the notice period, or that's all part and parcel with the uh, the length of severance terms? Well, it, exactly. It's just part and parcel with the length of severance term. So uh, that's just something. Um, well, it's a two part thing. Number one, if you if the working notice, you know, severance is based on a period of time, and if the working notice isn't equivalent to that period of time you should be getting as severance, then you'd be owed more at the end. Um, another factor is there is an amount of money uh, under the Ontario legislation that cannot be provided as working notice um, so long as a few criteria are met. The company has to be a certain size and you have to be there for over five years. And if that's the case, then uh, a, this certain amount of money can never be given by working notice. So they could give you, you know, 24 months of working notice, which is typically the most notice or pay that you could ever get. And after those 24 months, you'd still be owed pay in some situations. So there's some intricacies there. And just a quick point I kind of want to circle back on that I overlooked to some degree is the important thing with working notice is it has to be very clear what the end date is going to be. So your employer has to tell you in writing, you know, June 23rd, 2021 is your last day, August 1st, 2021 is your last day. If the employer just says vaguely, ah, sometime in July will be your last day, then arguably none of that counts as working notice and you'd still get your full severance. So if your employer doesn't give it to you in a very kind of clear, um, unambiguous, uh, definite kind of way with respect to a proper end date in writing, that's not something you're necessarily going to want to correct. Just let it be, let it go, and then hopefully we can come in and get you your full severance and none of that will even count. What if they move the goal line? They say it's going to be the end of June, and end of June comes, hey, you know what, just uh, stick around for a little longer. It's coming up, end of July, I promise. And then they move the goal line again. What happens then? Uh, great point. If they, the more they continue to move the goal line, again, the more it becomes unclear whether you're really getting working notice at all. Like, is it the whole idea of working notice is you have an idea of when the end date is, right? So it might be possible to make one variation early on in the period, but the second you make two or three or do it right at the you know the eleventh hour, a great argument again can be made that none of that counts towards your severance entitlements. So that's a great point. 
It is 416-870-6400 to make that phone call. You still have some time, and we're, uh, we have open lines, so we're ready for you if you want to make that call. How much notice, generally, should an employee get? Uh, well, you know, that's, again, based on the same criteria we discuss all the time, uh, how much notice you should be getting. You just have to kind of interpret it in the same way as any severance package, right? So how uh, the amount of notice you should get is based on your age, your length of service, uh, your position. So the older you are, the longer you've worked somewhere, the better your position, uh, the more senior your position, the um, uh, longer notice period you should get. And of course, uh, that's why we have uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for people to check out their entitlements uh, online at, at a very quick level so they can determine whether what they're getting is fair or not if it happens. You want to reach out to Andrew, by the way, when we're not doing the show, I'll give you that number uh, throughout, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. So you're in the middle of the working notice period and the employer kind of decides to change things around, like, ah, you know, you're here for six months, you're a manager, but for the remaining six, I'm going to drop you down to a subordinate or, or someone else you're going to report to now. Or they, or they, they change something during the notice period. A, can they? And then B, what happens if they try? <laughs> So if an employer changes the terms of your employment during the notice period, so if you get a demotion, if, if an employer says, look, you're going to be working for the next six months ending, however calendars work, August 22nd, uh, 2021 or, or whatever, whatever. Um, and, and halfway through that period, uh, you know, the, the, the employer says, hey, by the way, I know you were a manager making 80K a year, but now we're going to make you a salesperson making 55K a year. You can reject that change and you can leave. You'd have no obligation to stay there. And uh, in doing so, you'd still be entitled to the remainder of your severance, whatever it's worth. They wouldn't get credit for it after that. It is obviously going to be very situational. So before like pulling the trigger on that as an employee, it might make sense to, to speak about it a bit to see kind of where you stand. You know, it's interesting you say that, too, because you mentioned the pay. If they drop your pay in there, obviously, but then you said they drop you down from a managerial role. Does that change the status while you're on notice? Would that also trigger uh, trigger the event that you can get out of there right away with severance? Yeah, I mean, it would just be treated the same way as any kind of regular constructive dismissal claim. So if you're demoted in terms of your responsibilities, uh, certainly that's something you don't necessarily have to accept. It obviously depends on the degree of the change. If they change one or two minor duties, then it might be a little iffier. But if they outright change you from someone who is responsible for six reports and uh, and things like that, and now you're just you know a low level uh, individual with no reports at the you know a very entry level position, regardless of the fact that you make the same, it might definitely give rise to you having the opportunity to just leave and not work out the notice period, but still get. Um, you know, the remainder of your severance from that day forward. 416-870-6400 is the number to call through. Can an employee be terminated for cause during that notice period? Uh, yeah, so an employee absolutely can be terminated for cause during the notice period. And if that happens, you'd be done. So earlier we talked about, you know, what happens if you just resign during the notice period. Um, your entitlements will stop at that point. And if you're fired for cause during the notice period, and again, assuming that the cause is legitimate, which most often uh, it isn't, but assuming it is for whatever reason, uh, that would be the end. Uh, you wouldn't be entitled to anything further. And, and just, you know, one thing for listeners to keep in mind is, you know, working notice isn't the most uh, kind of common way uh, for employers to terminate people. But during the pandemic, 
uh, we're definitely seeing it more than we used to because it allows employers to get the most out of their employees if they're going to give them severance anyway and, and package them out. Employers are thinking, well, we might as well get something out of them, number one. And number two, it lets them kind of pay it out over time uh, and, uh, you know, hope maybe some of those people even quit halfway through or whatever where you don't even have to give them their full entitlement. So yeah. it's definitely something we're seeing more. Want to get to a uh, another topic for the night of it's going to cost an employer if they uh, let you go let go of an employee under these circumstances. But first, I want to bounce down to an email we just got from uh, Serena. Uh, says, hey, Andrew, I've just been advised that my employment will not continue beyond February 28, 2021. So that's like six days. Uh, as this is the end date of my most recent one-year contract, most recent. The company says that uh, I will not receive any severance because my contract is ending. I have been employed for eight years on eight different one-year contracts. Am I not entitled to more severance? Wow. Yeah, wow, uh, indeed. But th- uh, this is actually something that's quite common. Um, where an empl- I, I, This was a situation I dealt with even last week. It was a little shorter in time. It was a five-year employee who worked under five one-year contracts. And, and I take it in this case, the employer is essentially saying, look, Serena, your, your one-year contract is ending. So because of that, we don't owe you any more severance. Um, but the reality is the employer has to treat that one-year contract and the remainder of the one-year contracts all as one continuous employment. So the employer has to treat Serena as being an eight-year employee and Serena will be owed severance as if she's an eight-year employee. So absolutely uh, to Serena, she is owed uh, quite a bit more severance, uh, months and months more uh, in terms of pay, and uh, definitely something she ought to pursue, uh, to say the least. 416-870-6400 is the number to call. You know it. Use it. You, uh, send an email just like Serena did. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Okay, it's going to cost an employer if they let go of an employee when the employee suffers or maybe suffering from a disability. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. No, not a good idea. And, uh, you know, if someone is, it's, you know, we did have a caller earlier who had the same exact situation arose, right? So as an employee suffering, he had a stroke and was on a medical leave. Um, and that was an interesting example because that employee was actually on a probationary period. So, so uh, you know, so we heard. So as a result, it's very possible that that person may not be entitled to any severance at all. But if they're fired because they have a disability on a medical leave, they could be entitled to human rights damages because uh, that could be definitely considered discriminatory. And if you actually pursue, uh, you know, a human rights complaint, you could get the, the lost wages for the period of time you were off, regardless of what your severance is worth. So an employer's exposure could be huge in a situation like that. And a short term employee with very little service can have you know a significant entitlement, so it's going to cost an employer big time, and you know oftentimes as well there's a reputational risk tied to that where yeah. people don't want to be doing business with employers that are treating people that way as well. So it's just something to be very uh, careful of. We're talking about times it's going to cost an employer if they do certain things to an employee. The next one on the list is this, Andrew. That is when the employee demands payment for uh, outstanding vacation pay or overtime or holiday pay, stuff like that, right? Yeah, so vacation pay, overtime pay, holiday pay, these are all things that uh, you're you're entitled to at law under the Employment Standards Act. And 
by claiming these things um, and demanding these things, uh, and if an employer uh, denies uh, the provision of these and instead fires you, you could claim something called a reprisal under the Ministry of Labor, saying you were trying to just invoke your rights you have as an employee, very simple, fundamental, basic rights to get vacation pay, overtime, and holiday pay. And so, again, in this situation, not only would the employee be entitled to severance, but they could very well be entitled to an additional amount on account of the fact that uh, they were terminated for, you know, demanding something they were entitled to under the, the legislation. So uh, that's definitely an interesting situation. Does that also apply for, I mean, we'll kind of throw it back to a person in a sales role. Well, not necessarily a sales role. It could be just a regular run-of-the-mill employee, but the employer decides to get cute and let them go a month, a couple months before a, either a commission payment or a big bonus is due that they regularly get. Can they get in trouble for that? Is that going to cost them as well? That's not going to cost them in the same way because though it, it, it kind of depends. It, it, it's really situational. It depends when that right. payment is supposed to come due. If that payment's supposed to come due um, in the very, very short term, then it is possible. But more often than not, that's just something you're claiming as part of your regular kind of severance entitlement, right? Whereas this vacation pay, overtime pay, and holiday pay um, certainly is something that uh, you're entitled to under the Employment Standards Act. Now, if you're entitled to commission and it should have been paid three weeks ago, but for no reason at all, your employer is just putting it off, putting it off into the future, then that could be something for you know unpaid wages, which would be a bit different than something that falls over your severance period. So it's going to be a bit kind of situational with respect to uh, the commission and bonus. But even in, in the example you raised, uh, those are still amounts that you're going to go after as part of your severance claim anyway. You're definitely going to go after that, even if it hasn't you know been paid yet by the customer and and uh, you know, come into your account uh, by way of commissions. Get to a couple more of these before we uh, wrap for this Monday evening. It's going to cost an employer if they let go of an employee when that employee announces a pregnancy or comes back from a maternity leave. Can't believe they still do this. <laughs> you know what? It's kind of the most shocking one that happens, especially people who are actually just on pregnancy leave. You know, and something that I've seen probably five times in the last six months alone wow. is a situation where someone's on a pregnancy leave and the employer says, ah, we have to fire them because of COVID finances are, are down and uh, we, we just had no choice. But this person on pregnancy leave wasn't scheduled to come back for five or six months. And the employer is not paying them anything because they're on employment insurance and they're legitimately costing them nothing. And then once they fire them, they actually have to pay them severance. So by firing them, they actually have to spend more money than if they just let them be on pregnancy leave. And they try to just raise these BS arguments that, oh, we had to do it. And it's it could not be so obviously non-legitimate, but it still happens all the time. And and you're just mind blown that people think it's amazing what some employers think they can get away with. And you look at it and you say, how is this possible that you think this would work? But it, it's just amazing. It happens all the time. Weird stuff like that, that any regular person, you wouldn't even have to be a lawyer. You'd think, come on, you should know better. We'll get to one more here with the aging workforce. Uh, this one's coming to the fore a lot more. I know for you, Andrew, it's, uh, it's going to cost an employer when they let an employee go because of their age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is similar to the disability. The age is 
uh, protected under the Human Rights Code. If you're terminated because of your age, uh, that's discrimination uh, under the Human Rights Code. Um, but you know what we're seeing isn't as much people being permanently terminated because of their age. What we're seeing more of are people being put on temporary layoffs right now because of their age. Like more often than not, we see a situation where someone comes to us and they say, you know, I've been put on a, a infectious disease emergency leave or a temporary layoff. And, you know, out of our 30 people in our office, the oldest eight people are all on the layoff, right? right. Um, and, and that's actually something that's very common right now. And that very well can be, can, is, is discriminatory to do that if, if the age factored in and, it's hard to say the age didn't when you let go of the eight oldest people. But once again, that's something that's happening uh, every day. And it's just different ways the uh, employers out there are using kind of COVID as, uh, you know, as a, as a shield, like to, you know, to, to kind of cover up their true intentions, um, which is kind of very both pathetic and sad considering, you know, how rough people have it right now, how worried people are, how stressed people are. Um, so it's, it's tough. And when you're one of those people, it's, it's not a fun time. Cause age, uh, you know, the mandatory retirement age is long gone for about a dozen years or so. I mean, you walk into any doctor's office, you'll find a handful of doctors that are pushing 80. Honestly, these guys don't retire either. So to that point, right. You want to reach out now that we are, uh, we're done for the evening, get a hold of Andrew, make that phone call, man, have a chat. It's worth it. Just, uh, just to find out what's going on. one 821 5900 is the number help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you go to employmentlawyer.ca, the website, You'll catch links to our TV show as well. Pretty cool. And then finally, the website that's always at your fingertips, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We'll do this again Wednesday night right here on Global News uh, 640. But don't go anywhere. On Point will return with Alex Pearson next right here on uh, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.